You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Episode number 94. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or you want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. Also, Pet Sitters Associates is offering Prosperous Pet Business Podcast listeners $15 off when you join today by using the discount code PODCAST at checkout. To find out more, go to the podcast show notes page at ProsperousPetBusiness.com forward slash podcast 94. Once again, ProsperousPetBusiness.com forward slash podcast 94. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you are doing well today, and I am happy to be releasing this episode today with Caitlin. She is a coaching client who contacted me and courageously and generously allowed her session with me to be recorded for the podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to Caitlin for allowing that so that she could help you and I could help you through this episode. So thank you, Caitlin. For those of you who are struggling with finding balance in your pet business and in your life, this is the episode for you. Caitlin has been struggling with that for a while. She's been struggling with how to find and keep great staff. So if you are challenged by that, you're going to really want to listen up. And she's also trying to figure out how to detach from her business. She feels like it has all consumed her life. And I know that there are a lot of you out there who are also going through that. So this may help you feel better, be able to get more clarity, detach from your business, and hopefully hire some really great people. I offer a lot of tips for hiring as well as many other things in this podcast episode. So I also want to encourage you to check out the show notes page at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 94. Again, that's Prosperous Pet Business dot com forward slash podcast 94, the number 94. So the reason why I'd like you to check out that show notes page is because there are some links that you may be interested in. One of them is the private Facebook group for pet business owners. It's a very active group. I welcome you to join. Also, there's a link 
If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm PetBizCoach, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes page, as well as a link to some of my books and other items that you might find helpful. I have a free stuff page for pet business owners that contains a lot of tips and tools booklets for various subjects, including hiring. So I encourage you to check out the free stuff page and you will find that on the show notes page, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 94. And now here is Caitlin's coaching session. Hello there. Hi. Oh my goodness. It's so wonderful to connect with you. You as well. Thank you oh, for taking the time. <laughs> you bet. You bet. And my cat is going to join us. He just came in. So that's that totally fine. That says a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> he only comes in when he's like, oh, I like this person. <laughs> I'm flattered. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, my dear. So I'd love to know a little bit about your business, whatever you want to sure. share. Yeah. Okay. Um, so pretty much I'm a small company. Um, I only service one town. Um, mm-hmm. and I kind of did it that way just to maximize my time at each client's house. I could pack in as many clients as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew really quick. Um, so I had hired um a couple of people here and there, and they were all part-time, but the way that I had utilized them was that I had ran pretty much each staff member was responsible for their own group of clients clients. Um, so if the client were to go out of town, that would be the staff member that would, you know, do the entire pet sit. And if that client needed walks, they were that, that client's, you know, human, (laughs) they did everything. Um, this way I felt like it was best so that the client knew who was in and out, um, and that the staff member had known the pet and felt comfortable with their routine. Um, and so, I had finally taken on a full-time staff member um, in January, and um, she had put in her two weeks the very last day of July, Um, and so it really left me in this bind because she was was doing so many clients. She was full-time that when she had left, um, I was full-time as well, and so I'm now working like 14, 15 hour days trying to keep up her slack and my own slack. Yeah. Um, and so now the the predicament that I'm finding myself in is I'd I'd, you know, listened to the webinar that you had done on hiring. And so I've taken your advice to onboard a bunch of part-time people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so now that I'm doing that, I'm kind of struggling with. I'm not really sure how to utilize them um, uh-huh. because like I said, in my head, like you're, I have each, you know, staff member doing one client's work yeah. and I don't feel like that's the best way to do it. Uh-huh. Okay, great. <laughs> and so I'm not really sure how to um, utilize them so that they stick around longer and that I'm not sure how to get my clients comfortable with this idea of, okay, so maybe it's not going to be you and it's not going to be this full-time person, mm-hmm. but it could be an array of sitters. Sure. Um, and I'm not sure how to go about, you know, making the clients comfortable and I'm not sure how to go about mm-hmm. scheduling that. Okay, great. So we'll start with the clients because that's okay. kind of the very first thing that that's important. So what I recommend is that you have the sitters that are, and it's pet sitters and dog walkers or just Correct. pet sitters? Yeah. So it's pet sitters um, and dog walkers, but I don't Got offer it. overnight services. It's just drop-in visits. Got it. Okay. So let's say we're talking about 
a pet sitting client. Sure. So what I would recommend is that you have whoever is going to be taking care of those clients or that particular client for them to meet that client and for the client okay. to meet the sitters. Okay. Um, and what I recommend if you're going to have, let's say a client's going away for two weeks. Now, what you might want to do is have a sitter work, you know, Monday through Thursday, morning and evening. You know, I don't, it depends on, of course, how many visits the client wants. Right. But, you know, that's one way to do it. And then the other sitter works, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That can sometimes be problematic though, because a lot of people don't want to work like every single weekend. Right. So what some people do, some pet sitters that I've worked with, some people will have their sitters cover like one weekend a month, like the first, they get the first weekend of every month. Okay. And then another sitter gets the second weekend of every month. Okay. If they need to switch. They can switch with each other. And then, you know, they work Monday through Friday doing sure. pet sits. Okay. Okay. For dog okay. walking, I would recommend that it's different. Um, so what I recommend, I don't recommend that you hire dog walkers who work five days a week, meaning Monday through Friday, right? Because they get really burned out. And okay. if you've been dog walking, you probably realize it's monotonous, right? It's the same thing over and over. So what I recommend is having dog walkers walk Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. Now, when I had dog walkers working for me, I didn't know this in the beginning and I hired five days a week thinking my clients would appreciate it more. It'd be easier for me, easier on the dogs. What happened was the walkers ended up staying like six to nine months. Whereas the walkers that would only walk two or three days a week would stay with me years and years, sometimes 12 years, 14 years. Okay. So, you know, that's something that I would really recommend. Now people that are pet sitting, often don't get as burned out as quickly as dog walkers because it's variety, right? Okay. Yeah. They're not pet sitting that client every single week. Right. They're doing it maybe four times a year or, right. you know, who knows what, maybe once a year. So okay. the variety is really the key. One of the keys to not helping people not to feel burned out. Sure. Is giving them a sense of variety okay. um, and taking away the monotony of the same repetition over and over and over. Okay. Do you have ICs or employees? I have employees. Okay. Um, so that's when I had done my research on what other companies in the area had, they all had independent contractors. And I yeah. felt like maybe it would give me a leg up in the hiring yeah. field if I had employees. And uh -huh. Um, I actually do get a couple of people here and there. They're like, oh, your company stuck out to me because, you know, you're, I'm an employee, not an independent, yeah. uh, excuse me, independent contractor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think that was like a really good um, call on my part. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. agree. It, it does help you stand out um, to your clients, to people that may end up working for you. Um, there's also the legality of it. So it's really right. important. You know, a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers have ICs and, and then they get audited and it's a problem. So I think it's great that you do that. Now, the one thing to be aware of, of course, is having to pay overtime, being aware of the hours, 
um, not having them work too many hours at one time, you know, so the split shift is going to be important in terms of pet sitters. Sure. And so maybe they're working from, you know, six to 9 AM and then six to 9 PM or something like that, you know? Okay. Um, and then they have a break in between, but to really be aware of them not working more than say eight hours a day. Right. Um, my follow question to you is for pet sits, is it okay to utilize, you know, a different one or two people during the day? Let's mm-hmm. say if it's like a three day a week, I'm sorry, a three visit a day, um, pet sit. So just have like a normal dog walker or something going in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, okay. But the thing is the only thing that can be problematic. Well, two things. One is that clients can be like, Oh, I just want one person. Right. But you know, you're the key to making them feel comfortable with this. So one way that I would recommend doing this and dealing with your clients is saying, you know, I have two people for this particular pet sit because then, you know, they're able to cover for each other if there's an emergency or, you know, I just find that it works a lot better. The dogs get used to, you know, a couple people. I'm going to introduce you to both of the people that are going to be in your home. And the thing that I would recommend for you so that nothing falls through the cracks, because that's the thing that can happen when you have a couple people doing the job versus just one is that things can fall through the cracks. Like somebody forgets a evening pet sit visit, right? Right. So what I would recommend doing when you're job sharing, you've got the job sharing going on is that let's say you have a morning and afternoon person, and then you have a separate evening person. It's going to be more work for them, but I recommend that the morning person calls you when they do their morning visit or text you or emails, however you most communicate with them. And they just say, I'm here. And then they do that, you know, when they finish their afternoon visit, let's say evening person, same, they arrive to the sit, they say, I'm here. They call at the end, or, you know, they could just do it that once, like that morning person could check in and say, I'm here for the morning. I'm also coming back in the afternoon. Okay. And then the evening person checks in and says, I'm here for the evening. Sure. Okay. Um, and then as far as dog walks go, um, I'm kind of, again, trying to switch over to more of a team thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I wasn't sure if, um, how do I word this? I'm not sure if it makes sense to introduce all of the staff members to a client for a dog walk, if that makes sense. Um, because, I like that adds up obviously for uh-huh. me to pay everybody I to understand. come to a meet and greet. So yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. sure how, like, do I phase that out? Like, do I only do meet and greets for pet sits? Do I just, how do I do that? <laughs> so my, you know, everybody does things differently. The way I ran my business is I really felt like it was important for both the clients and the dogs to meet whoever was going to be in the home, coming to the home, whether it be dog walking or pet sitting because what happens is there's a level of calm that happens. People feel more comfortable. The dogs feel more comfortable. The staff feels more comfortable because they, you know, aren't coming into a dog that they don't know when they open that door. Right. 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 So, you know, I'm of the belief that whatever money you're paying for that meet and greet, that client interview with your staff is going to pay off in terms of level of comfort 
okay. and familiarity. And it's also, you know, they're going to get more from actually meeting the client, going through the routine with the client, than you saying it over the phone. Here's what needs to happen. Okay. Um, what do you think about if maybe, you know, for a dog walk, there's no meet and greet, but I meet the employee there for the first dog walk, let's say. And then this way I'm kind of the facilitator. Absolutely. You could definitely do that. Some clients will want to insist upon meeting whoever's going to be there, but you know, some people won't care. I think as long as there's some kind of transitional person who is introducing that staff member to that dog, to that house, to the routine. Okay. It's going to benefit everyone. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then for the meet and greets, I was just eating the cost of the meet and greet for mm-hmm. the sitter. Um, but again, I'm a little bit worried that if I'm having this whole team of people, um, is it tacky to charge for a meet and greet? Is it like, what is your opinion? Yeah. So <laughs> what I would do I actually wouldn't charge for a meet and greet. Okay. Um, I would pay, you know, maybe $10. That's exactly what I've been yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, but but here's the thing. You want to set some boundaries around it. So sometimes clients will talk the staff member's ear off. And yes. so <laughs> what may be like supposed to be a 30-minute meet and greet max turns into an hour. And that's not fair for them. Right. Or, right. you know, or you really, because right. you're having to pay them. So what I would say is really, you need to set up the boundary with the client and say, I'm setting up, you know, a meet and greet for our staff member to meet you and your pets. Um, they are going to be there up to 30 minutes or up to 20 minutes, or, you know, you get to decide what that amount is. Right. Um, anything beyond that, we charge, you know, in 15 minute increments. So it'll be $10 each additional 15 minutes. So that will help the client be aware if they know they have to pay more, they're going to be aware of the time, but the sitter or the walker also needs to be aware. And I want you to have the conversation with them and say, here's the deal. I'm paying you $10 for 30 minutes. I, you know, as it's getting closer you need to tell the client, oh, we have 10 more minutes. You know, is there anything else that you definitely need to go over? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like, I did not even, that didn't even cross my mind. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, And then how do you utilize backup sitters? Because I feel like all the time, when I've asked other company owners in the industry, you know, what's the secret to keeping stuff? Yeah. They always yeah. say hire more people than you yeah. need. Yes. So how do you how do you work backup sitters? So is it someone that's just sitting around and if you need them, they're on call? Is it someone that's working and they have to wiggle another dog in the schedule? Um, or how does that work? Yeah. So the most important thing is because what I'm imagining is you have become the emergency backup. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So part of it is you getting really creative and actually deciding you are no longer the emergency backup. And so if you aren't there, what's going to happen? And that begins to get you to think creatively. Um, So part of it is really knowing your sitters and your walkers and their availability and checking okay. in with them periodically and saying, you know, I know that you have the schedule. 
Um, occasionally I may need a backup person. If a sitter is on vacation or a walker's on vacation, can you cover for that? And if so, what is your schedule like? Like what is your availability Monday through Friday Okay. or weekends? And you know, what I would recommend is sending out an email for clarity like every quarter, because things change with people, right? They take a class in the evening, you know, they get a part-time job that you may not know about. And so really part of the key for you having backup sitters or walkers is clarity around their availability. Sure. So it starts with that. And it also starts with you not being willing to be the backup anymore. And so if you're not the backup, you're going to be inspired to really know the availability of your staff. And I had to do this um, kind of the hard way because I knew that I was going to be traveling outside of the country for a few months and, you know, living in Bali, I can't come back to the U S right. (laughs) You know, I'm not the emergency backup. So, you know, it really forced me before I left on that trip is like, okay, you know, how can I act as if I'm already out of the country while still running the business? Right. And so that became my mindset. And so I want you to, even if you're not leaving to go out of the country, although you may want to at some point go on a really nice day. I definitely do. (laughs) Okay, good. Good practice, right? right? So this is an opportunity for you to really look at if I am no longer in this state or in this country, what would I do? Okay. Okay. And then really looking at your business and running your business from that perspective, because that will begin to give you some distance from it. When you're meshed in it and joined at the hip, it doesn't become a fun thing right? It's exhausting and draining. And here you are working 16 hours a day. Yeah. (laughs) No fun. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, when you hear pet sitters say, Oh, just hire a lot of people. That is true. Like, you know, and it's hiring a lot of part-time people. Right. Also, you know, I'm generalizing here, but moms can be like stay at home moms can be a great resource because their kids are in school, you know, maybe they don't need the money. I don't know. You know, we never know, right. Right, What people's situations are, but that can be a great resource. So maybe what you might want to do is put an ad on like a mother's club newsletter that goes out to 40,000 moms in your area and say, help wanted, you know, looking for a stay at home mom who wants occasional work, walking dogs, you know, exercise, getting paid to exercise. Right. Okay. Yeah. I also just hired a retiree (laughs) as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So coming together slowly. Good. Um, And then how do you keep track of, you had said, you know, keep track of staff availability. How would you suggest the best way to do that is, is that a spreadsheet? Is that like hard file somewhere? Like how do I keep track yeah. of staff availability? So I think a spreadsheet is going to be your best friend okay. when it comes to availability, because it's going to be something that changes, right? You know, perhaps every quarter, you know, if you're checking in with them every quarter. So yeah, sure. I would have a spreadsheet. I would have 
you know, all the days of the week, I would have the different time periods, periods of time, and then the names, right? And maybe you have the names on the far left, and then, you know, the days at the top. Sure. And then, you know, their availability. So however okay. you think it, it would work for you, but yes, a spreadsheet. Sure. Um, and then back to part-time employees, um, if I have them scheduled, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, is there a cap on the number of walks they should, like, obviously I don't want them walking from like six to six, but, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like how many walks is too many walks? Like when is it, you know, the yeah. same boring thing? So this is going to be different for different people. So part okay. of it again, comes back to you connecting with your staff and really being in communication with them okay. and asking them you know, how much is too much? Do you need more? You know, are you feeling, are you starting to feel burned out? One of the um, triggers and awarenesses that might happen is when you start asking a staff member if they can help cover a dog walk or something, and you hear no a lot from that staff member. That is a direct sign that they are either burned out or they just don't have the availability anymore. And so having the conversation of, you know, I'm just checking in. I noticed that you've said no a lot, which is totally fine. You get to do that if that's true, right? For you and your <laughs> yeah, business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm curious, are you, do you have another job? You know, can you share a little bit about why you're saying no? Cause I'd like more information. If there's something that I can do as a boss to help you, you know, enjoy your job more, or maybe there's something I can do that will help you take on a little bit more. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. We were talking about having, you know, part-time people 
them covering for each other. It's funny. We both had like little <laughs> questions there and, and they just evaporated like little clouds, sure. but they'll come back. Well, going off of that, I guess, mm -hmm. do clients need to meet backups? Like, should they, do I, I make it known that, um, you know, person C might step in or is it just, uh, you know what I, I would have, if you feel like you want, especially with dog walking, if you want a backup, I had my dog walking clients meet every single person that was going to be in their home. Okay. And even if they were backup, backup people, because I wanted them to know where the key was, if it was hidden, I wanted them to know the dog. I wanted the client to feel comfortable. Really the key for you is going to be ease in getting somebody in there quickly. Right. right and right. not, it's already stressful for you and sometimes the client, if somebody else is coming in. So I want you to cross those hurdles before you even have to. Okay. Like when you actually have time and space is a great idea to say, you know, in the event of an emergency with, you know, walker number one and walker number two, I have a third person because it happens, things happen. And I want to sure. make sure that you're covered. You say that to the client, right? However you can word it in a way that's going to benefit them because it really is benefiting them. You know, right. I'd love to set up a time to have you meet with this backup walker just for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just so, you know, they get to know, or if you'd prefer, I can introduce the walker to your dogs or, you know, walker A can introduce sure. okay. the, the backup walker to your dogs. Okay. Yeah. Do you suggest a, like sh making a staff contact list so that, you know, if someone's not available, they yep. can reach out amongst themselves. Absolutely. Instead of, okay. That's what I did. The more I got my sitters and walkers to self-manage, the better for everyone. Okay. So, but, you know, the way that they did that was if the sitter or walker had met with that particular client or been there before, right? Okay. Uh, then, then they could do it. And I gave them a list of, you know, every sitter that was available for that particular dog that they walked okay. or, you okay. know, or walker. And sure. so they were able to, to contact them and they did. And it made my job a lot easier as well. Okay. And then how often would you say, um, or how long, I guess, do part-timers stay? Because you had said, you know, full-timers mm -hmm. stay six to nine months. Yeah. And you said sometimes part-timers stay like 12 years. So. I have had, you know, I mean, you never know, right? People's right. life circumstance changes, they move, whatever. But what I found is the part-timers stayed with me often years. I would say if I had to give an estimate, I would say like 80% of my okay. part-timers stayed at least three years. Okay. Cause for me, I feel like it gets expensive, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, doing all the meet and greets. Yeah, and so it's like, is it worth it to yeah. introduce yeah, yeah. this person or is it not worth it? And yeah, so I understand. Um, it'll be worth it if the sitter or walker stays for a long period of time. And if the client stays for a long period of time. Right? right. So yeah. then it becomes worth it. And the way that both of those are more likely to happen is if you 
don't burn out your staff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it doesn't make sense to do the meet and greet with everybody or is it overwhelming for the client bringing three uh, people and myself I and two additional? I, that's going to be too much. Okay. I would say, you know, at the most, at the most three people, okay. but more like two at one time. Okay. And, you know, I would begin to take yourself out of the equation. Like you going to the meet and greets is going to add to another level of stress for you. Like so I, what I'm worried about is mm-hmm. I don't want to lose the connection that I have with my clients or my future yeah, clients. I and understand. so that's what I'm, that's why I feel like it's important that I go yeah. to everything okay. because I don't want to be phased out of my own company. I like I totally want them to understand. feel connected to me, yes. you know, I understand. And I went through this too, darling. So what I didn't realize is the power of the phone. Like we're having a conversation right now. You feel connected to me, right? I feel very connected to you. It's not necessarily that you're going to have video calls with your clients, (laughs) but what I'm saying is when I phased out the in-person, I thought, oh God, I'm losing touch with my business and my clients. What happened was the phone took its own dimension and so did email. And that became the connecting point, the touchstone. And it was powerful and it was fine. And I had more time, you know, I began to step away from my business in ways that worked for me while still remaining connected to my clients. Okay. That's what I'm really stressed out about. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to, like, I love what I do and I love my clients and I love all their pets. And so to just like remove myself, it's like, uh (laughs) well, and I wouldn't do it overnight either. No, So it's not something to do overnight, but what I would do is start to notice when you're feeling very stressed about you being a part of that meet and greet. And what happens too, is that trying to set up a time between three people's schedules, include yours included right. is super stressful in this day and age. So when you have two, like your sitter and your client, it's going to be a lot easier to find a time that works for them when you sure. step away. So I just want to encourage you to perhaps look at, you know, maybe in this next week you do two fewer meet and greets, Right. Sure. And maybe it's with clients that you really feel connected to already. You've met them in person. You know, you can then set up a time to have your walker or sitter meet them without you being a part of it. Do you think the client feel like would feel like chopped liver? Like, I don't want them to feel like I'm removing myself. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, I think they would. I mean, you know, it's hard to know what another person feels or thinks, but I I think you're very invested in your business, which is an absolutely beautiful thing. I really get how connected you are to your business, but part of what we're working on here is disconnecting just a little bit. <laughs> and it's going <laughs> to be really goal. uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I was working with somebody else um, a little while ago and I said, if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's exactly where you're supposed to be because you're working a new muscle. 
right? Yeah. (laughs) And what's comfortable for you right now is just showing up and going, and even when you're exhausted and, you know, but, but what's happening is your life is suffering, right? Right. You haven't really talked about that, but I'm just making an assumption that if you're working 15 hours a day, your personal life is suffering. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of not rocket science, is it? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's easier said than done. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So, but what I'm saying is, um, I wasn't me. I basically, when I said that I was saying like, you know, the fact that you're working so much at not having a personal life, that's very obvious, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's hard to have a personal life when you, you only really have time to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's not a life you want to be living. Probably no. not. Yeah. No. So what I'm going to encourage you to do, my dear, is to be willing to get uncomfortable. Okay. And, you know, to explore connecting with your clients in ways that work better for you. Okay. Like a phone call to set up the meet and greet where you're, you know, bantering back and forth for a few minutes, but you're not driving to the meet and greet. You're not spending time at the meet and greet. You're not driving home from the meet and greet. That's an hour, maybe even more of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And so taking some of your time back is going to require you to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And, you know, we often imagine that our clients are going to have a harder time with the changes we make than they actually do. A lot of times they actually won't even really notice. I mean, they may miss you a little bit like, Oh, you know, but that's okay. They miss you. Yeah. Yeah. Not the end of the world. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So you're used to um, being the center of your business's universe. Yes, very much so. And that will cause you to burn out. It'll cause you to, you know, the love affair that you may have with your business is going to begin to disintegrate because whenever we're with something, including a business all the time, we go a little crazy. Sure. Yeah. And so the stepping away is going to be really important. It's going to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to love it, I think, when you do it a little bit. I think you're when you get that time and space, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. (laughs) I have a little bit of a life again. And then you create a little bit more of a life, a little bit more of a life. And then gradually, you know, you've got you're working in and on your business and you're also enjoying being Caitlin. Yes. A human being. (laughs) Yeah. That's a foreign concept. (laughs) I understand. Did you say you've had your business? How long have you had your business? Um, I started in 2019. Okay. So it's, it's new. It's kind of like you're a new mom in a way you've got a toddler who's two right? Yeah. Close to I'm three. very much holding the business's yeah. hand. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of what needs to happen when it's very young, but you know, part of 
being a two-year-old or a three-year-old is that those that age group, they tend to want autonomy too. Right. Businesses are similar. Right. You know, your business is wanting some space from you too to grow in its way, you know, under the care of your wonderful people that you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, babysitter. You have, you're like giving your business to a babysitter for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable for both of you, but you know, it's going to lead you to where you want to be, which is having a little bit more time, getting some perspective, right? When we're right here with our business, we can't really see where we want to go and what we want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a step back to <laughs> to see it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like being on a mountaintop. Like when we go to a mountain, we have that perspective. We're like, oh yeah. Suddenly, things in our life, you know, often become clear when we have that. Same with a business. Like when we begin to, you know, step away from it a little bit. Sure. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I think that was all of my questions. All right. Thank you. Oh, it was so wonderful to connect with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited for you, you know, and I'm curious, like before we end here, looking ahead for like a year from now, what, what do you see for yourself or what, what do you want to create in your business a year from now? Um, I think right now, my biggest focus, like you said, my personal life is taking a really big hit. And yeah. so um, I just, I guess a year from now, I'd like my business to be sustaining, like sustained enough that I don't really need to babysit it as cautiously as I feel like I need to, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it's really exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I understand. So, yeah. You've been carrying yeah. around a, a baby, right? And that's, it weighs a lot. Babies weigh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> so do businesses, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. a lot to have something tugging at you all the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, 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 like I said, I did have the staff. And so I feel like it's just hard to say, you know, oh, I know that there was two of us. Now there's one of us, like we can only do half the work now. And yeah. so it's just saying no yeah. is a hard thing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So that's, I'm looking forward to bringing on all the part-time people Yay. and I just wasn't sure how to use them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. You are welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. You have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Bye. Hi, pet business owners. I hope that you enjoyed that session with Caitlin and me offering coaching for her. And I want to encourage you if you feel at all inspired to be coached on the podcast to check out the show notes page where you will find a link to my email. And you can email me your challenge, your question, your biggest business issue, and 
If I feel like it's a good fit for the podcast, I will reach out to you and offer you a free coaching session so you can be on the podcast and get coached by me. I would love, love, love to work with you. I also offer private coaching. So if you don't want to be recorded on the podcast, there's also a link to my private coaching page on the show notes page. And that is prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 94. Again, the number 94, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 94. And I wish you a beautiful day or evening whenever you're listening to this. Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.